Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. We have been talking about rebuilding and restoring from Isaiah 61. And rebuilding and restoring through priests and ministers. Um, And Jesus does his incredible work. He is the anointed one who has been anointed to save, to restore, to redeem. Um, it talks in the beginning of Isaiah 61. And it is this, is this picture of everything that we need to, uh, to be uh, a cosmos, a, a world, a humanity that needs to be restored. Jesus has done on our behalf. All we've got to do is plug into that, not kind of click into that and begin to access all that he's done. And um, he goes on to say that that actually the church, those that he saves, those that he redeems, will become rebuilders and restorers of places long devastated, of of places that have been devastated for generations. The the church will rise up and be rebuilders and restorers. Uh, He goes on to say that actually not only will they be rebuilders and restorers, but the the way they're going to do it is like priests and ministers, those that... uh, Priests, are we going to, I want to talk about priests this morning, those that can take people to God and bring God to people, and ministers, those that can serve people and give their lives away. And actually, that's how rebuilding and restoring is going to happen, by the anointing and the power of God over His people, the church. And uh, what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood. Um, if we don't understand the fact that we're priests, if we don't understand the, the privilege that we have as priests, as believers, um, we're never really going to become the rebuilders and restorers we call to be. Because the rebuilders and restorers that God's called us to be is not in the four walls of a church. It's actually out there in the four walls of your office, in the four walls of your classroom, in the four walls of wherever you're at, of your home, in your friends' and your family's homes. And so actually we've got to know as a people uh, that we are priests and this is, a, this is probably one of the greatest tragedies of the church since kind of the first hundred years of Jesus' life, is that the church relegated priesthood to a few rather than understanding that we are priests, that actually believers are priests. And so what I want to do is I want to read uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 10, and then I want to talk about some of the things and the privileges that we have as priests that we need to be exercising. I hope you are well, and I hope you are good, and I really pray that uh, we, are, we are digging deep over this time. We cannot afford to have shallow roots at this time. We, as the church, have got to be make sure that we are pressing into God. And if you don't know Jesus, and you don't know what I'm talking about now, and you've kind of come across this thing, this, this YouTube or Facebook, I want to tell you there is a, there's a foundation on which you can build your life. His name is Jesus. And if you give your life to Him, if you build your house on that life, your whole life, your, everything changes for you. The way you see, the way you view things, the way you understand things, the hope and the joy that you have. Um, it is a profound thing to know Jesus. And we at this time have got to really be building strongly on him and his word. So this is what it says. 1, Timothy, uh, 1 Peter sorry, chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual home to be a holy priesthood, 
offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scriptures it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. That's what I was talking about earlier. If you put your life on Jesus, you will never be put to shame. He will never reject you. He will always look after you. He will always be with you and begin to show you and give you the wisdom to live life. Wisdom, we need so much wisdom at this time. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to the one who does not believe, this stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and the stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Earlier on he spoke about a holy priesthood. Now he talks about a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of whom who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. These are very, very powerful bits of scripture. It really, really is. And we, as the church, and for some of you that are watching now, you think, Stan, do I need another talk about the priesthood? I want to remind us of our priesthood responsibilities, if you've heard this before. And I want to awaken us to the reality of our priesthood if you've never heard this concept before. And uh, it is absolutely key for us as we press on. I've got four things to talk about in the priesthood. One is I want to talk about our priesthood where Jesus is precious. Secondly, I want to talk about our priesthood that is the temple, that doesn't go to the temple, but actually is the temple. I also want to talk about a priesthood that is holy and that is royal. Those are two very descriptive, beautiful words of this priesthood. And number four, I want to talk about a priesthood that is confident to minister. So those are the four things that we're going, that's where we're going this morning. So first of all, a priesthood where Jesus is precious. It's incredible that it says that to those that believe Jesus is precious, but to those that don't believe, He's a stumbling stone. People fall over him. They get offended by him. And this priesthood that we, that we are part of is a priesthood that sees Jesus as incredibly precious. It's a, it's a priesthood that sees Jesus as precious. But more than that, it sees Jesus as the cornerstone. And a cornerstone, if, you, if you've had any building experience or any seen people building, they always set out the building from a reference point and it's from that reference point that all the measurements go and Jesus is that cornerstone it's that reference point in our life he's so precious that our whole life is centered around is is measured from him he's the cornerstone and this priesthood that Jesus is wanting to build is a priesthood that sees him as the cornerstone of their lives is Jesus still precious to you? Is the beautiful name of Jesus, is Jesus' Jesus's name still beautiful to you? When we worshiped this morning as, uh, as Justin and, and the team led us there, 
Friends, it, it, we talk, we're speaking and sing about the precious name of Jesus. We, we talk about the beautiful name of Jesus. But it's not just something that's ethereal and beautiful and something good to look at. He's actually the cornerstone of every single thing that we do. He is the reference for every single thing that we do. You see, for people, for a priesthood that knows that Jesus is the cornerstone, you see, Jesus is known as the chief high priest. We are priests, we're the priesthood, but he's the high priest. And everything revolves around the will and the wishes and the desires and the heart and the love and the kindness and the generosity and the power of the high priest. And so this priesthood always centers, refers to, and builds around the beautiful person of Jesus. Is Jesus still precious to us? If Jesus is not precious to us, we'll never be the priesthood that restores and rebuilds. We will build something, but it won't be according to the truth that is Jesus. We, the kind of rebuilding and restoring that Jesus wants to put into our hands and into our view is a is a heavenly view. It's, a, it's, not, it's not just earthly, it's spiritual. It's, it's not just material, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's this, and, and, and that comes by understanding that Jesus is the cornerstone. And this might kind of seem quite simplistic, but I think we very quickly start to build on our, build our lives and build our families. If you're under pressure now, man, we gotta, we gotta rush back to the reference point, the cornerstone Jesus. I begin to remeasure again, begin to remarriage. If your marriage is going west, going south, whatever it is, going in a bad place, rush, rush again back to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Rush again, start to build your marriage, start to take a reference point from Jesus and begin to live a life of forgiveness, start to, start to live a life of repentance and start to produce the fruit that Jesus wants us to produce. This is something that we always need to be reminded of. We never outgrow the cornerstone who is Jesus. So it's a priesthood where Jesus is precious. He's worshipped. He's praised. He's valued. He's referenced always. The second thing about this priesthood that I want to highlight, it's a priesthood that is the temple that doesn't go to a building. Now, he starts to talk about in this text about a spiritual house. So he's not talking about a physical sanctuary. Uh, the spiritual house, it's like a sanctuary. So when we think of sanctuary, we think, well, we're going to go to the sanctuary. The amazing thing that Jesus did on the cross, when, when, the, when Jesus died on the cross, the, tent, the, the curtain was torn from top to bottom, and there was no longer a holy place, a sanctuary that you could go into, but actually it opened it up where Jesus came to us, and we were able to access him and, and, and operate in the privilege of priests. So when I say a spiritual house, we are the temple. Friends, you don't need to go to a building to find Jesus anymore. The reason why we come to the building is to help us on that journey to make sure that we are centering, that we are referencing, that, we are called, that where Jesus is continually the cornerstone of our lives. And there's something about our togetherness where we find God in a profound way. I'm going to talk about that now. But a spiritual house, it talks about, it's a place where God dwells. And we go and we start to hear that actually God dwells amongst this people, this priesthood. I like to say this, it's not a priest. He doesn't create, he creates a priesthood. All priests need to find themselves in a hood. 
and a hood. We, we need a hood. You know, uh, it's like you, you out, we I live in Glenwood and we talk about the hood. It's we need to find ourselves in a community. All priests need to find themselves in a community. Jesus is the high priest and he creates this priesthood in which we find each other and we find God. So the temple is no longer brick and mortar. The temple is a spiritual place where the people are themselves are the temple. And the Bible in the New Testament talks about how the people together are the temple and how as individuals we are the temple. So there's this mystery of us being a temple on our own, able to access God on our own, but together we also the temple. And he says that actually it's made up of priests. Friends, it's not made up of a preacher who is the priest or the worship leader who is a priest. It's made up of priests. The body is made up of priests. Every single one of us is the body, is the temple, is the, are the priests. And so what he, what he actually does is he doesn't build a building. He, pull, he builds a people place. It's a place where people are. It's a place where the manifest presence of God is revealed in the people of God. And it's this priesthood that we've got to keep reminding ourselves and remembering that God is building. That's the, that's the, the, the entity that is going to minister, that's going to rebuild and restore, that people are going to look at and see. I've, uh, I've never, ever forgotten Doug McDonald's uh, illustration of stained glass windows. Because so often when we think about a, a temple or we think about a church building and we've got these magnificent buildings, beautiful buildings that are built around the world with stained glass windows. And it's an amazing thing when you look on the outside, stained glass windows look terrible. They look like they're nothing. It's only when you're on the inside with the light shining in that the stained glass becomes colorful and you see the, beauty, the true beauty of, of the stained glass. And actually Doug said this the one time, he said, he said this, the people are the, new, are the stained glass windows of the church. Do you see yourself as part of the stained glass windows of Glenridge Church, of the church to which you belong? That when the light of God shines in, actually people see the beauty of Jesus. And you see all the, you think of the, the stained glass windows, you see the, 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 they kind of depict the crucifixion. They depict pictures of Mary and baby Jesus and, all, and, the, and the Last Supper. And they're kind of all these iconic uh, biblical themes and, and images are depicted there. Can, do you see yourself as a stained glass window? Because that's what a priest is. A priest is somebody that allows the, God, the light of Jesus to shine through them so that when people look at us, they see the iconic pictures of Jesus, the iconic images of Jesus and start to experience them in a powerful way. Starts to, he talks about living stones. You see, this priesthood, friends, they're living stones. It's a spiritual house built of living stones. You know, it's easy to build a stone house because the stones are dead. You shape them, you cut them, you make them, you place them exactly where you want them to be. They never complain about each other. And when you're finished, all that happens is people look at the finished product and they say, cheapest, what a beautiful building. See, the church is not like that. This priesthood that we're talking about, not like that. This priesthood is living stones. As a church leader, the problem with the stones is that they're living. 
And the problem with the stones is that they're not living. <laughs> it's like, and, the, and when we build a community of people, the livingness, the life in us, the, the difference, the, the difference in giftings, the, the difference in personalities come together in this supernatural building that is called the church, which is called the temple, which is called a priesthood. That this priesthood works together and fits together profoundly. This priesthood, because it's not a building that stays put and stays in one place, is a, it's a priesthood that comes together and, and, and gathers. It's a priesthood that goes out and, and, and lives and ministers. It's a priesthood, friends, that, that if you're not there, the building is missing something. If you're not playing your part, the building is missing something. Because we're living, we've got choices. Because we're living, we've got personality. Because we're living, we've got this incredible life of God. See, the life of God is, is, is manifest when the presence of God and the presence of His priests meet together. This is a beautiful picture of the church, the priesthood of all believers, the priesthood. God is building a house out of living stone. And once again, a house is not made by one stone. A house is made by many stones. That's the church. A priest needs a hood and a house, a spiritual house, a priesthood needs many stones, many living stones to make up this beautiful church. And that's why it's difficult at times. The person sitting next to you is living. They've got a will. They can make choices. They can be rude. They can be unkind. They can be loving. They can be unloving. They can be, it's, and, and Jesus uses that to build his church. What an unbelievable picture. Different races, different cultures, different colors. It's this beautiful picture of Jesus putting this priesthood together. It's an amazing thing. Have you ever thought of this? I, when I was writing this, I've never kind of thought of the church as this. The church has a built-in priesthood. We do, a church doesn't go and hire a priest. The church has a built-in priesthood. It's like built-in cupboards. It comes with the house. It's like a built-in priesthood. Where, where believers gather together, they can facilitate the life of God. They can access their privilege of access to the throne room of God. The church, the people of God have a built-in priesthood. It's a temple that comes with priests. It's a house that comes with priests. And it's not distinct from everybody is. It's, and so when, when the church grows, actually it grows with priests. It doesn't grow with baby believers and those that have been there for a long time that are seen as the ministers and the priests. It grows with priests. It grows with people learning to become good priests. Access God and ministering with God. It grows with that. The church grows with priests. Have you ever thought of that? If we could get people to get saved into a priesthood, not just out of their sin, how different would the church look going forward? 
This temple grows and evolves as the priests mature, as the priests learn their place, as the priests get more secure, as the priests priest prefer one another, and we start to live out of the, the kingdom moral and ethic that God wants us to live in. It's this beautiful picture of a house that is being built by Jesus with a group of priests. The priests aren't building the house. The priests are the house, being built into a spiritual house taking the place, taking part in the spiritual house. So number one, it's a priesthood where Jesus is incredibly precious. Number two, it's a priesthood that is the temple that doesn't go to the temple, that is a spiritual house that doesn't go to church. Number three, it's a priesthood that is holy stroke royal. It's a priesthood that is holy stroke royal. Holy can be understood in a number of ways. God is holy and, and, and often when we think of holiness, we think of somebody that is holier than thou. You, that's the kind of saying. It's holy means we, we think of holy as being they act differently. They, they holy, they, they kind of they, they behave in a certain way. And there is that aspect of it. There is that aspect. Holiness is a God is holy. But the, the bigger concept around holiness is this. It's, it's holiness means set apart or distinct from. So God who is holy is set apart and distinct from those of his creation. He's set apart and distinct from creation. He is uncreated. He is holy. And none of us can be holy like God is holy because he is uncreated and we are created. But, and what happens is because we set apart, and, but what God does is he then goes and chooses some people and he puts this priesthood together that is holy that is set apart so it's not i'm not set apart because i'm the preacher and the leader of this church or leader of the team that leads this church actually we're all set apart because we're priests you see what it does is it puts it onto everybody not onto one or two people you see we are made holy we are made holy, and in our sin, we're like the rest of everybody. But actually, when we're made holy in Jesus, God not only forgives our sin, but he, and we are made holy in Jesus. We are set apart. When we, when we come to him, we are set apart. We are, and, and often that set apartness would be you consecrated for divine use. So part of the holiness of the priesthood is that you set apart for divine use. You set apart to play your part in the story that God is telling. This is, this is a beautiful concept of holiness that we've got to, we, we actually set apart. And so when we don't act God-like and we act like the rest of creation, rest of humanity, nobody can see our set-apartness. Nobody can recognize our holiness. Holiness is not self-righteousness. Holiness is knowing this, God is holy, and because he's chosen me, he's made me holy, and actually my life is set apart to him, it's set apart for him, and actually my behavior begins to reflect my set-apartness, rather than just going with the crowd that's around me. So we are made holy to God by Jesus, and only Jesus, friends. The only way we become acceptable to God and set apart is because we put our faith in the work of Jesus. But more than that, we are made holy to the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus comes and says, if you believe in me, you'll be made holy and set apart to God. But to the world, in terms of the way we live, we are made holy to people so that they can start to see the set-apartness, if you like, by the power of the Spirit. And so a priesthood knows the voice of God. The priesthood knows how to walk with God. They know the power of the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to work in them so that they're not just made holy to God, but made holy to the world, set apart, that we can begin to minister. But it's not just holy, it's royal. You see... We are in relationship with a king and a kingdom. So we're not just holy and set apart. We're a royal priesthood. Have you thought of yourself as royalty? Have we thought of ourselves as we are God's agents, God's princes and princesses to go into the world and to bring his kingdom and to shine his light? We are holy royalty. We're holy royalty. We are a people, we're a priesthood that has received mercy. He says, once you never received mercy, but now you know mercy. And so we're a, we're a priesthood that, that dispenses mercy, not judgment, because mercy always triumphs over judgment, it says in James. We're a priesthood that knows we are chosen. We're chosen heirs of the king, chosen sons and daughters of the king, we are, a holy, we are chosen by God. This is, these are the king. If the priesthood does not know that they are chosen, we'll never act with the confidence that we call to in our priesthood service. It's a priesthood that knows they belong to God. You see, this is what it means to be holy and royal. You belong to God. We are possessed by God. We are a people that belong to him. The security from which I can stand, even when things are going completely wild around me, I belong to God. I'm a priest. I never stop being a priest. Just because my my life starts to drift away from Jesus, we're still a priest. You're just not acting like one. And God is saying to us at this time, I need a group of priests to stand up. I need a priesthood to stand up that knows who they are, that have received mercy and can give mercy, that are chosen, they understand that they're holy and royal. Holy royalty is what we call to be in this priesthood. And lastly, I want to talk about a priesthood that is confident to minister. This is what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 in the message. I just love the words he chooses here. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Have you ever thought of your calling? The call, Everybody wants to know, what am I called to? What's God called me to? Well, I, the Bible says you're called to priestly work. You're called to be a priest in the kingdom of God. You're called to holy royalty. Isn't that incredible? Before you, before you, the general call on anybody, priesthood. This is what he says. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. You see, it's an amazing thing. This priesthood, this is, not, this is not cleverness. You don't have to have seminary degrees. You don't have to know the Bible perfectly. You don't have to have read hundreds of commentaries and hundreds of books. You see, this priesthood knows that they're God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. You see, this is a priesthood that operates from 
their own experience of God. It's a priesthood that lives in the te- and gives people the testimony of the work God has done in them. This is a priesthood that's always got something to say because we know what God means to us and we know what God has done in us. And so we dispense and we work and we minister from that. Tell others the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Do you know that you're a priesthood that has been accepted and not rejected? It's an amazing thing. It says in the beginning, Jesus was rejected by man, but accepted by God. No matter how much rejection we have gone through, friends, do not let your rejection from man stop you from being accepted by God. God is not man. He will, he will never hurt. He will never disappoint. He will never reject. He will always love. He will always pull together and he'll always work for your good. I love that accepted, rejected and not accepted. Made you, took you from nothing and made you into something. That's the, that's the work of the priesthood. That's how we operate. That's how we minister. You see, friends, this priesthood knows how to minister. They know how to minister to themselves. Friends, can I just again say this? I don't know how many times we've said this from the pulpit of this church. A believer, a follower of Jesus who understands their priesthood does not need another mediator other than Jesus to go to God. You do not need another mediator. You do do not need another person to find God. You have the rights as sons and daughters, as royalty. Royalty means you are, you are, um, you can access the throne room. If you're not royalty, you can't go where the king is. Because we're royalty, we can go where the king is. We don't need anybody else to take us to the king. In Christ, we are holy, we are set apart, we are royalty, and we are set apart means this, because you're holy, only, only those that are consecrated can do the work of God. But we have been consecrated, we have been set apart by God to do the work and be used by him, to be instruments, it says here, to do his work and speak out for him. We have no acts, we've got no excuse Jesus has done it all to take us into the throne room and make us acceptable before our holy God. We do not need anybody else to take us there. It helps to have people around us to help to remind us you can get before God on your own. You don't need somebody else to do it. You can break bread on your own in your home. You don't need somebody else to come and pray over your family. You can pray over your family. You can hear God. You can access God. You, you operate in the authority as a brother of Christ, as somebody that Jesus, the same authority that Jesus and the, the anointing that Jesus had is on us, his priests. He is high priest and us as the rest of his priests. I haven't got time now. I wanted to talk about the spiritual sacrifices. The spiritual sacrifices that priests make. But go and, go and, go and uh, search in your Bible, sacrifice in the New Testament and look at all the places. There's six places, six things that I think that priests do as they offer sacrifices before God. We don't offer sacrifices of, of blood anymore. Jesus is the perfect lamb. But we offer sacrifices of praise and worship and service and, and giving of finances and witness and all these sorts of things. Friends, let us not forget that we are holy royal priests of God that are set apart for him for his use to be the rebuilders and restorers that he is wanting his church to be at this time 
I pray, I pray that that has reignited something in your heart, reminded you, refreshed you, or put something new into your heart if you've never heard this before. The church is a beautiful congregation of priests working together. Not a church that comes to listen or see the priest. You are the priest. Let's minister, let's rebuild, and let's restore like God has called us to be. Bless you, and have a cracker day.